You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When I was growing up, there was a song by Foreigner that got quite a bit of airplay this summer of 1981. The song was called Urgent. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I admit they don't really translate to greatness when simply spoken out loud. You say it's urgent. Do it quick. Do it urgent. Got to work. Make it urgent, urgent, urgent. Want it quick. Make it urgent, urgent. Emergency. Urgent, 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 urgent. Emergency. (sighs) But trust me, that was a good song. And right now, it is a good thought. The Mets must play with urgency, which indeed does rhyme with emergency. And we'll apply that to the ball club after this song, which also has weird lyrics. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing. Now, here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. Urgency. That's the word of the day. Now that the Mets have lost five straight and are under 500. I will spare you from more foreigner references, even though I am hot-blooded, I am cold as ice, and do indeed want to know what love is. Josh Lewin with you. Thank you for joining and subscribing and leaving a nice review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and for reaching out on Twitter. I'm at Josh Lewin Stuff if you care to get in touch. So, uh, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, the Mets are the first team to play 13 straight games against teams with at least a 600 winning percentage this late in the season since the Blue Jays of 1980, six months before the song Urgent was released by Foreigner. Those Blue Jays of 1980 were in just their fifth ever year as a franchise. The Mets were approaching year 60 now, and this year has been one for the books already, no doubt. Um, Before we get to what happened Tuesday night at Oracle Park, and not a lot happened in a good way, Some injury updates. Tomas Nito placed on the 10-day IL sprained left thumb. Pat Mazika called up and in the starting lineup Tuesday. Baez may be back soon. Lindor may be back by the weekend. DeGrom, still nothing but crossing our fingers and hoping. No doubt it would be amazing to have him back. Right now, a segment I'm calling Bad Nuggets. Things I don't like to report, but just feel compelled to report before the Mets even took the field. Marcus Stroman against Logan Webb. Into Tuesday night, the Mets three for their last 36 with runners in scoring position during a four-game losing streak. The bullpen starting to show wear and tear, except for Aaron Loop, who I think is a cyborg, a Bush beer-drinking robot sent from another planet. But otherwise, the rug is starting to stain like a few too many of those Bush lights have been spilled out of those red plastic cups at some point. Since the All-Star break, the bullpen has thrown the second-most innings of any team. Only the Marlins have thrown more. That means the starters are failing to go deep. Rich Hill has not been what the Mets had hoped, for example. Monday, 68 pitches thrown. He got two swings and misses. Taiwan Walker had the great start against the Dodgers after four clunkers in a row, so that's good. Stroman's been terrific. He was again Tuesday night. McGill, a pleasant surprise, but the starters need to provide some length now as well. Luckily for the Mets, they took care of business against some cupcakes this year. They went 5-1 and one against Arizona, 3-1 and one against Baltimore, 5-2 and two against Colorado. Uh, they did only go 6-10 and 10 against the Marlins and Pirates, and there's still a lot of Marlins to go. 
had they tripped over their feet against Arizona, Baltimore, and Colorado, man, can you imagine right now? Uh, the overview, there you have it, 59 and 59 when you add it all up heading into Tuesday night, knowing that first place Atlanta is very much for real. And all of that for them is since Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL. When he got hurt a month ago, the Braves were not even a 500 team. They were four games back. Now they are four and a half games up. They didn't white flag it. Their GM went out, picked up Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, Richard Rodriguez. They've all produced. Jock Peterson was there before that flurry. So they're on top. They're only set to get better. Travis Darno is back. Ian Anderson and Huascar Enoa are set to follow him. It's a talented team. And here's a little something on Atlanta that snuck up on us. All four of their infielders have a chance at 30 home run seasons. That's never been done before. The, the Marlins infield of 08 came close. Hanley Ramirez, former Met Mike Jacobs, Dan Ugla, Jorge Cantu were all in that range. But uh, the Braves have 100 home runs in their infield already. The record is 135 from Houston's infield of 2019. Guriel, Altuve, Correa, and Bregman. So that's Atlanta. The other team now ahead of the Mets, of course, is Philadelphia. And for them... Feels like Bryce Harper has gone from over-examined as a national to underappreciated as a Philly. He's got 35 homers or had 35 homers in his uh, first year in Philly, 882 OPS. Uh, since the start of last year, he's got a 560 slugging percentage, 34 home runs, MVP type production. He might win it this year. We should mention the Phillies are coming off two straight series losses. They've got some obstacles, including a a pitching situation is still a little thin towards the back end. Thin is not what we can say about San Francisco, the Mets' Tuesday night opponent. Best record in baseball. Our friends at The Athletic had a great pop culture comparison. They said it's like Matt Damon and Goodwill Hunting when he said no to the NSA. I'm holding out for something better. We were all thinking the Dodgers and Padres are indeed better than the Giants. We were all holding out for something better. Well, maybe the Giants really are this good. Tuesday night, Los Gigantes struck early. Marcus Stroman with a first-inning wobble. The home team made him pay. Quick 2-0 lead on a Tommy LaStella two-run home run. Just his second homer of the year. It's frustrating. They handle Posey and Crawford and Belt early on, but Tommy LaStella rings the bell instead. I mentioned Crawford. The 34-year-old shortstop had four hits Monday. Just signed the big two-year contract extension last week. He's hitting 427 over his last 28 games. He once had a seven-hit game, did that down in Miami. Off the field, the nugget on him as his sister was a softball player at UCLA, married Garrett Cole. Anyway, 2-0 Giants into the fifth. Not only did Stroman settle in, he even pegged a single to left. A good chance for the Mets in that fifth inning when he did that. Two on, two out for Nimmo, but the Wyoming kid lined out to end that threat. Stroman really did sparkle on the mound after that initial sock in the jaw from LaStella. Made a really athletic play, fielding a bunt and throwing a first. Was mixing his pitches like a master. And in five starts against uh, against the NL West this year, he had come in 4-0. 4-11 against everyone else. 4-0 against the NL West, a 1.3 ERA. Remember, Stroh sat out last year. No one really knew what to expect this year. And what he's delivered is an ERA that's currently eighth in the National League. DeGrom no longer qualifies, so it's Walker Bueller on top. Then three consecutive Brewers, two, three, and four, Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, all around two and a quarter ERAs. 
The Tuesday night final line for Stroman, seven innings, five hits, three runs, two walks, nine punchouts. His career major league record now is 59 and 59. The Mets record this season is 59 and 60. Marcus Stroman, it's like you are the New York Mets. Those nine strikeouts all came in the first six innings for Stroman, and still only two games ever for him with a double-digit strikeout total. Last one was Jays against the Rays in April of 17. He had a chance to get to 10 opening up the seventh inning, even though he had 100 pitches on the old odometer. Luis Rojas figured maybe he's good for one more inning. Well, yes and no, because in the bottom of the seventh, Evan Longoria cranked a leadoff home run. The Giants, we talked about it yesterday, they lead all of baseball in home runs. Never would have guessed that for 2021. It's not the Yankees, not the Red Sox, uh, not the Rockies who play in zero gravity. The team that plays in a home run hitting graveyard. The Giants are scoring 52% of their runs on home runs this year. That could end up being a major league record. So 3-0 Giants at that point. Logan Webb sashaying in and out of trouble, but mostly being very efficient. He had needed 77 pitchers to get through seven innings. And at one point, the Mets had made seven outs and had seen only 17 pitches in the game. In the eighth, finally Webb cracked. Brandon Nimmo reached on a fielder's choice after a pinch single by Dom Smith. Man, the Mets really can pinch hit this year. They're best in the majors at that. So with one on, one out, let's see about that polar bear. Webb's pitch. Alonzo racks one in the air, deep to left field. Back for it is Wade looking up. It's gone. Home run, Pete Alonzo. And it's a one-run game as Alonzo drills his 26th home run. Webb left that ball up, and finally the Mets hit one in the air. Pete Alonzo takes Webb out to left, and the Giants' lead has shrunk to 3-2. to two. Wayne Randazzo with the call on WCBS, and man, did the Mets need that. Alonzo chasing Webb with just his seventh ever hit against the Giants in 33 tries, but four of those seven hits have left the yard for Alonzo against San Francisco. Ninth inning, Aaron Loop, another perfect showing. Lowers his ERA to 1.14. What a signing, the raging Cajun. 3-2 Giants into the top of the ninth. Remember, the Mets haven't been under 500 since Cinco de Mayo. They need one to tie, two to take the lead. Jeff McNeil leadoff single against a tough lefty with a big slider, Harleen Garcia. Next up is Jonathan VR. Maybe the hottest Met the last two weeks, 14 for 40. He takes a called third strike on a pitcher was seemingly inside. Pat Mazika next, just up from Syracuse, already with a walk and a single. Belt's won two Brandon Belt on the ground at first. Belt gets one out on the play. So now it's up to former Giants fan favorite, the man the fans here called Superman, Kevin Pillar, now facing Dominic Leone, Connecticut guy, tying man at second, what could be a five-game losing streak hanging in the air like an errant burp. Now Pillar strikes out looking on three pitches. Knights of Columbus. After the game, Pete Alonso talked about trying to stay the course. I feel like for us, the amount of the amount of work and the amount of energy and the amount of concentration and, and effort and uh, care that we have is is absolutely tremendous. And the only thing you can do is keep coming uh, to the yard every single day, working hard, having a fantastic attitude, and um, take take whatever opportunities are, are presented. And today. Um, I mean, I mean, Logan Webb threw the ball really well. He executed so many pitches and I mean, he's, I mean, he's, um, he, he had his A plus stuff today. He's, 
um, he, he's one of the, he's one of their better arms and he absolutely came with it today. And I felt like we had a lot of really good at bats, but, um, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's difficult to translate effort, um, professionalism, uh, preparation into, into tangible success. And I feel like, um, and I feel like we, every single day we're locked in and, and giving, leaving it all out there on the field. So it is frustrating. Yes. But, um, but I mean, we're, we're doing everything we can. All right. So you've heard from Pete Alonzo. Let's hear now from Luis Rojas as well. I mean, from my end and, uh, and the team, like this is, we are in a tough situation. Um, you know, that's, that's the reality. Uh, we, we've been having some struggles. Uh, we had a lot of tough losses. Uh, we know what's happening in the, when, when we, uh, when we lose a game, um, and you know, we're, we are working hard trying to, um, get better in some areas. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's all to it. You know, we just, this is, this schedule, you know, keeps going. There's not a day off tomorrow. I mean, we're, we're going to play tomorrow. That's why you hear about the optimism. I mean, we know that, you know, the game tomorrow is going to help us bounce back. So, you know, we got to get to work. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't take away that there are tough losses. This was a tough one again. Uh, Strode through the ball really well and just, you know, two mistakes, three runs. Um, we had a better approach, I thought, uh, but just we didn't, we didn't hit two homers like, like they did. We had one from Pete and uh, we didn't deliver with first and third one out in that McNeil at bat. So, I mean, you, you, you talk about the game, you try to break it down and there's some things that didn't happen on our end to win it uh, tonight, but now, at this point, we got to move forward and uh, similar to what we've done in the past, but that doesn't take away that, you know, it is. We're going through a tough situation right now. All right, thanks to Luis Rojas speaking in San Francisco, where his dad once played and once managed as well. Let's go down that rabbit hole to distract ourselves here. When Felipe Alou managed the Giants, 04 to 06, the players who was, or the player who was always in the news was, of course, Barry Bonds. And steroids are not. And even though Bonds was without close friends in the game, uh, he was also without any peers in the game while Felipe Alou was managing here. Bonds' numbers were just so staggering. You have to go back in time to find players to even compare a little bit. Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, those are the only guys in Barry Bonds' ballpark statistically in that era. Personally, I never liked dealing with the guy. Abrasive, unapproachable. They say even back in college at Arizona State, he was broody and moody. The only Sun Devils player who refused to carry his own bags. And and at one point, his teammates went to the head coach at ASU. They wanted him off the team because of that diva attitude. Um, Be like Jamie Tart on Ted Lasso, if you're watching that. As one of his teammates articulated, Bonds was born on third base and assumed he hit a triple. But in his prime, again, steroids or no steroids, before Bonds' 01 season, no major league player had come up with a slugging percentage as high as 753 since 1927. Bonds wasn't at 753. He was at 863, 110 points higher than what anyone else had done the previous 75 years. But as we found out in 2001, Barry Bonds could never win the big one. He never won a championship, not in Little League, not in college, not in the minors, or, of course, the majors. The playoffs are different. The other team won't let the best guy beat them. You're always facing a tough pitcher. They're always amped up. 
Yeah, after that magical 0-1 regular season, Barry Bonds actually confided to his people, I really hope we don't play the Mets. I don't want to see all their lefties. And then all I'd hear all winter is how I sucked in the playoffs. Well, fairy tales can come true, big guy. They can happen to you. Uh, Bonds neutralized in that series. He had some big numbers against great pitchers in his day. Uh, Nine career home runs against John Smoltz, eight off of Greg Maddox. I will give you one last word about Barry's dad here. Bobby Bonds was a really underrated player. 14-year career, 332 home runs, 461 steals, but it seemed his inability to hit the curveball and the inability to live up to the Willie Mays comparison just kind of served to deny him his due. He set a record in 1970 that, of course, has fallen since then. He had 189 strikeouts, did Bobby Bonds, but he also hit 302 that year. So I know BABIP wasn't a thing that year, but when he managed to actually put the ball in play, he hit 422. Anyway, uh, Luis Rojas, with his own memories of his 70-year-old dad managing Barry Bonds, Luis will turn 40 in just a couple weeks. And next month, programming note, we will do a sit-down with Luis Rojas and ask him about his dad and about coming of age here in San Francisco, those summers that his dad managed the San Francisco Giants. Meantime, kind of keeping it in that era, uh, we are now 10 days away from celebrating a star Mets player from back when Felipe Alou was playing for the Giants. Jerry Kuzman's number will be retired at City Field August 28th, and we certainly hope you'll be there to see it. I looked it up. Kuz faced Bobby Bonds 63 times, faced the three Alou brothers a combined 134 times. I'm going to start setting the table a little bit for Jerry Kuzman now. Best ever player out of West Central School of Agriculture in Morris, Minnesota. Didn't even have to Google that one. He actually played his last ever big league game right around this time of year, back in 1985. He was nearly 43 years old when he got a start against the Dodgers and Fernando Valenzuela, and it became the end of the line. Candy Maldonado hit the home run that basically ended Kuzman's Hall of Fame-worthy career. But between April of 67 and August of 85, 12 of his 19 years in the majors spent as a Met. 3.09 career ERA uh, for the Mets, 140 regular season wins, two biggies in the 69 World Series, of course, games two and five, eight and two-thirds innings in game two, the complete game five hitter and the decisive game five. And if you don't believe me about Hall of Fame-worthy career, his career war of 57, better than Whitey Ford, better than Sandy Koufax and Red Ruffing, an early win, Better than Oral Hershiser and Johan Santana, just to name a couple of ex-Mets. Anyway, lots of Kuzman conversations, Kuzversations uh, still to be had, but just pointing out only 10 shopping days left now, or nine, uh, till the number 36 gets retired back in Flushing. When the Mets get back to Flushing, it's going to be a three-game series with these Giants starting this coming Monday. Do hope to see you there. Hope you're keeping the faith. Today, it's a 3.45 p.m. first pitch East Coast time from San Francisco. Tyler McGill, 3.4 ERA against fellow righty Anthony DiSclefani. He of the 11 wins and 3.3 ERA. Let us, before we get out of here, at least do you the service of introducing the Mets in the morning house band. Before we say so long, it's become a nice tradition. On keyboards, it's Kelly Shopik slapping the bass. Hello, Addison Reed. The horn section, Brian McRae, nice job. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, Raiden Looper. 
This is Josh Lewin reminding you with great sadness, once again, the final score from Tuesday night, City by the Bay, was the Giants 3, the now under 500 Mets 2. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.